0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: When you oversee an enterprise as big as the Defense Department, you need a plan. And that's what the Office of Inspector General does every year, develop a plan for the year ahead. The OIG's 2020 plan is out, and for highlights, we turn to the Management Challenges lead in the Office of Inspector General, Courtney Phones. Ms. Phones, good to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, let's begin with, you have really two documents here that are just out. One is the oversight plan of the OIG. The other is the OIG's assessment of the top management challenges for DOD in the year ahead. Safe to say, then, that the plan derives from what you see as the main challenges.
2: It certainly is. Our management challenges are the Inspector General's independent assessment of the DOD's top performance and management challenges, Some of these challenges are going to be long-standing while others are more emergent and some have been reshaped from previous years we essentially discuss what our current challenges are we brainstorm some new topics and that arrives us at our final decision for what our overall challenge topics will be and that becomes the framework for our oversight plan as we develop our oversight plan we consider a lot of different things we consider our previous work any gaps in coverage we may have identified. We also look at the work of others in the oversight community, such as the Government Accountability Office or the Service Audit Agencies and Service Inspector Generals. We also get input from DOD senior leaders, and we get input from Congress, and we consider what the statutory requirements might be that we have to address in the upcoming year. So the documents are kind of developed concurrently. Ultimately, we want to make sure that our oversight projects align with those management challenges.
1: Sure. So it sounds like this also then is a great blueprint for the department employees themselves, the OIG office employees, so they know what's going to happen in the next 12 months or so.
2: Exactly. And they play a big role in developing what those projects will be based on their own expertise and experience.
1: And with respect to the GAO, they get their requests from Congress to do look-sees at different programs. So do you try to avoid what you know they're looking at, or do you maybe try to pile on with what they're looking
2: at? We take an approach of deconflicting with the Government Accountability Office, so we want to make sure that we're not duplicating the same work that they're doing. We may, like you said, go in a little bit deeper on a topic, or we may choose to push that topic to a later date because the Government Accountability Office is looking at it already.
1: Sure, and with each of the 10 challenges areas that you have identified, and they pretty much cover the gamut, do you know how many actual reports those will generate? Because each one of those could be probably any number of individual program look-sees.
2: Yes. So our oversight plan is a living document. So it's designed to be flexible. In any given year, we may be announcing some projects at the beginning of the year, some at the end of the year, and we leave room for emerging requirements and topics that we may not have planned for or have foreseen. So we give ourselves the flexibility to add projects that we may need and push projects that maybe it's not the best time to do those as we originally thought.
1: Yeah, that was my question. I guess you've answered it, but I want to Doubled down on it a little bit is that things happen in something as large as DOD. Two Navy ships ram each other, or Air Force accidentally flies an atom bomb, you know, from base to base, and they shouldn't have this kind of thing. I'm just mentioning things that have happened in recent years, and so you've got to have some wiggle room to be able to jump on emergencies. Correct.
2: That's 100% correct. And, uh, you know, for example, in August, we announced a project about the Afghan evacuation. That's an emerging topic that we decided to announce a project on and really get right on board with that immediately right in August as it was happening. And we have already issued a few management advisory memos on that topic that are available on our public site.
1: And how good is the cooperation in general that you get? Because this varies for IGs across the different agencies and departments, but with DOD people knowing in advance what you're going to be looking at, do they circle the wagons or do they say, okay, let's get prepared for this look at and you know, be ready for it and help out the IG?
2: I mean, the DOD generally cooperates with us. We have engagement with the DOD at all levels, You know, all levels internal to our organization and in their organization. So we are working with them a lot on research, on outreach, to make sure they know what we're going to be working on and how we're going to scope what we're looking on so they're prepared. And we have definitely seen progress in DoD cooperation with us, One of the ways we measure progress is through our Compendium of Open Recommendations, a report that we publish annually. Within that report, we've seen that DOD has been implementing more of our recommendations and they've been resolving more of our recommendations, which is a great sign that the DOD is taking what we've reported on and acting upon it.
1: Yeah, that's always a good feeling. We're speaking with Courtney Fohn. She's the Management Challenges Lead in the Office of Inspector General at the Defense Department. And I just wanted to ask you just to maybe outline... What you're looking for in a couple of the strategic areas, we don't have time to do all of them, but the topic of strategic competition, which leads your lists of challenges and where you're going to be looking, what is going on there? What are you going to be focusing on, do you think?
2: So the focus of that challenge is really the continuing shift from counterterrorism to strategic competition against near-peer adversaries. That challenge specifically this year, we talk a lot about China and Russia. They're expanding influence and aggression, economic and militarily. We talk about deterrence and the DOD maintaining a competitive advantage against those adversaries. So we talk about reaffirming and rebuilding existing alliances and partnerships, and then also building new alliances and partnerships.
1: And you look also at how the program activities and how the budget allocations measure against the stated purpose?
2: I believe we have audits that will look at audits and evaluations or oversight work together or audits and evaluations. We look at funding streams and we look at how those impact the specific programs and processes that we do.
1: Yeah, just to make an extreme example, if you're worried about China and you spend most of the money building a base in, I don't know, southern France, I realize that's an absurd example, but that would be a sign that budget and stated goals aren't in alignment?
2: Sure. We do have projects. For example, we have an ongoing project related to the European Command where we're looking at the training ranges in that area to make sure that our soldiers, airmen, and sailors are ready to fight when they need to against any potential threats that are in that area of responsibility, just as an example of the type of work that we would be doing that kind of looks at that.
1: All right. Another area is strengthening DOD cyberspace. And, of course, cyber is the question for every federal entity these days. And what do you see ahead looking at that front?
2: So with this challenge about DoD cyberspace operations, it is also about keeping pace with adversaries, similar to the previous challenge that we discussed. A key attribute of cybersecurity is called cyber hygiene. This is just the basic internal controls that keep a system safe. And the DOD wants to make sure that it's protecting internal systems and its external systems. We do this by identifying and mitigating vulnerabilities. And then for external systems, the DOD actually has a new certification program that looks at contractor systems to make sure that we're securing our information on those systems. So this is, you know, similar in line to the challenge that we see in one where we want to make sure that we are maintaining a competitive advantage against our adversaries.
1: The other one I thought interesting was the issue of preserving trust and confidence in the DOD. I think the surveys show the American public has a high degree of confidence or admiration in the armed services, maybe not so much in the department as a whole. And so what will you be looking at on that area?
2: So with the preserving trust and confidence challenge, we are really focused on three critical issues. We're looking at sexual harassment and sexual assault. We're looking at disparate treatment and then also extremism in the DOD. What we take a look at, or what are the DOD's actions in those critical areas, and how do those actions affect, like you said, the public's perception, but also the perception that uniform personnel have of the department altogether. As you know, sexual harassment and sexual assault are a persistent challenge for the DOD, and they continue to struggle to combat that. And so it's a really important topic that we wanna make sure we're highlighting.
1: And on the extremism front, I guess the question arises, even if someone is extremist in their views, if they don't exercise or act on those views and, but simply do as they're supposed to as good members of the military, does it really matter? Is that the kind of question you'd be looking at?
2: We want to make sure that there are mechanisms in place for the DOD and for uniform personnel to be able to report and identify any extremist behaviors they may observe. And that what we want to make sure is that any investigative process into those actions is transparent and accountable.
1: All right. And then the other area I wanted to ask you about is financial management. That's also been an ongoing challenge with DOD inching, it seems, closer to that clean audit and that full accountability on the financial front. Do you think this will be the year it occurs?
2: I think this is a long marathon and not a sprint for the Department of Defense. It is definitely, as you said, a long standing challenge. It is a very important challenge, though. The department needs to be a good steward of taxpayer money, and the way they can demonstrate that is through financial statements. That they receive a clean audit opinion on you know that means that the financial statements are presented fairly and they're in accordance with accounting principles so as you said we are seeing some progress they've been implementing recommendations and they've been improving some business practices and processes
1: do you like your work
2: I do. I think the DOD Office of Inspector General is an amazing place to work, and we have a very important mission. It is hard to beat the mission that we have, you know, which is to detect and deter fraud, waste, and abuse, promote economy efficiency and effectiveness, and help ensure ethical conduct throughout the DOD. I'm very lucky to work here, and I've worked here for 18 years, and I'm happy to continue to do
1: so. All right, great. And one other question. Will you be hiring staff for the OIG? What's the personnel situation there these days?
2: As my senior leaders would reiterate, we are always looking for great personnel, highly qualified, diverse team of folks who are excited about the mission, and we have active job announcements that are out on USA Jobs for anyone who is interested. They can also look for us on LinkedIn.
1: In the meantime, the department does have Courtney Phones. She's the management challenge lead in the Office of Inspector General at DOD. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me, Tom.
1: We'll post this interview along with a link to the 2022 plan at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever
3: you get your shows. Hello and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral.